Good morning and welcome to Global Missions Health Conference 2020. I wish I was there having a cup of coffee with you right now, but I'm so excited to be here and to talk to you this morning. So grab your cup of coffee. I plan on having fun here and I hope you do too. We are gonna talk about fighting the fear of fundraising. I am with SIM. SIM is a century old missions catalyst that brings the good news to hard places because there are people living and dying without the gospel. By prayer, SIM's 4,000 plus workers from 65 different countries respond to need so we can proclaim the gospel and equip the church in over 70 countries worldwide on six different continents. My name is Herschel Rothschild. I'm the South Central Regional Director for SIM. I live in Houston, Texas. My family and I served in Nigeria where I worked with street children and we worked with the destitute. My wife worked with widows. Now as a Regional Director, I mobilize people and I train people on how to raise their support. We work with an organization, SRS Support Raising Solutions, and we use their curriculum to train SIM workers to build and maintain a full and engaged prayer and financial support teams. The team I work with to help train people to raise support is Eric Van Pelt, Aaron Bergen, and my good friend Doug Christensen is here co-hosting with me. Doug is a man after God's heart and a person I call my friend. Doug's ministry title at SIM is Director of Relationship Development Ministry and Special Assistant to the CFO. He has trained missionaries in support raising for over 30 years. Doug and his family served in Bolivia and Doug will be my co-host. Doug, my question for you are what are some things that people fear? What are some things that you fear? Oh, Herschel, it's great to be with you on this uh, Zoom conference call. You know, I've been working with new missionaries, with SIM, with other organizations for many years. Um, fear, fear of being unsuccessful, fear of asking others to give money and being rejected, fear that they just don't know what to, they're going to say. Um, Herschel, tell me, was there a time that you feared something that you were really afraid? How did you handle it? Yeah, I, I will tell you, Doug, I thought about that. And as we were going and just coming to Nigeria, a couple months later, our family was out on a hike with some others. And we were hiking down a trail when I saw my wife take a step onto some dried grass and she lost her footing. And I watched her tumble down a hillside. And she went about 20 to 30 feet before she landed on a ledge. And if she would have fallen off that ledge, she would have gone 30 or 40 more feet straight down what I did was I just, wow, I just leaned into God. And I thought about Isaiah 41.10, where God says to fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will hold you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It was, it was really difficult, but I just had to lean into God. Mm. And so one of the things we want to do, though, to get started is really talk about have any of you raised support for missions trip? I, I know you can't answer me live right now, but think about it. If you did, how did you do it? If not, I'm sure you've seen someone raising support. Did they send you a letter? Did you send a letter, an email to all your friends and family? Did you meet with people? What was your experience? Was it hard? Did you feel uncomfortable? What Doug and I are gonna do now is a quick role play where I am the missionary, a new missionary, and I'm going to raise support and Doug is my old college roommate. It's really gonna be like we're just sitting down in a coffee shop. So if you could think about two friends sitting in a coffee shop, that's what we would be doing. Nowadays with COVID, sometimes these, these appointments are literally happening on Zoom, but we're gonna do this just like we're sitting in a coffee shop. 
So Doug, it is good to see you, my friend. It's been a long time. How are you? How's your family? Oh, Herschel, great to see you. Oh, my family's doing great. We love being here in Charlotte, North Carolina. My work is going well. Kids are doing great in school. How about you? How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. And God has been doing some crazy things in our lives. Uh, my wife and I are getting ready to take the kids to Nigeria. We found an organization, SIM. Yeah. SIM is an interdenominational mission. And we're getting ready, Doug, to leave in June. And we have to raise our support because we need to go get started in language school. Hmm. Doug, what we're doing is we're trying to raise support by then. And we're looking to raise a prayer team. And we'd love to have you and your family praying for us. Oh. The other thing we need to do is we need to raise financial support, Doug. And what I want to do is ask you if you guys would come on our team at $200 a month. Can you do that? Herschel, I just, I'm just so honored that you want me to be a part of your team to pray. Definitely. My wife and I talked about this before the call, and, and we really want to get involved. Right now, I don't think we can do 200 a month. But when we talked about this before, um, I think we're, we're able to do 100 a month. Would that be okay? Oh, that would be fantastic. Thank you so much for praying with us and linking shields with us. And we just are so grateful for $100 a month. That's fantastic and helps us get to our goals so we can go to the field quicker. Thank you so, so much. Mm. So Doug, as someone that's raised support and taught people to raise support for over 30 years, what, what could we have done differently? What did we do right? And what do people need to do when they're, when they're doing something like that? What are some keys? Well, thanks. We do a lot of role playing, you know, trying to help people have a relaxed conversational approach, um, engaging with family, engaging with friends, people that God has put on their heart. Um, but Herschel, you did several things well. First of all, you explained a sense of urgency that uh, there was a time element. You, you want to be fully equipped, trained, have a full prayer team, financial support team by June so you can start language school. I think in this little role play, you didn't have time, uh, but normally you would have shared your vision, you know, the calling that God has given you and why you're doing. Yes. Um, but you also made a very specific invitation. You had a number in mind and you did it very naturally. And you responded graciously when I said that we couldn't do the full amount that you were uh, for your invitation, but we still wanted to do something. So you did a great job, Herschel. Hey, thank you. So we're going to go on to the next thing and, and I'm going to ask Doug some questions. What are the biggest obstacles to overcome in raising missionary support? Well, the first one, if you can go on to the next slide, Herschel, um, fear. Fear that they're just going to mess up, that God is not going to help them to be fully successful, whether it's the fundraising, whether it's uh, being able to learn another language, another culture, and feel at home far away in a very strange setting. Fear is always one of the big things. Um, lack of training. People just say they don't know how to do this. They don't know what the first thing is. Um, doubts come to mind, wondering, will God really come through? Will he provide all that's needed? Um, other obstacles include time. A lot of medical professionals are working well more than 40 hours a week. But to do the type of training that's involved to go to another culture, to engage in medical missions, and also to do the preparation of getting a prayer and financial support team is gonna take significant time. So that's an obstacle. People are gonna to need to figure out how they can downsize their current medical work to do what's necessary in this time of preparation. And then there's pride. A lot of medical workers, you know, may, you know there's the assumption that they're wealthy, that they're gonna have a big paycheck, uh, you know, but yet in a lot of mission agencies, they don't have the funding. Uh, they, we need a team of prayer and financial partners to provide the resources needed for this work. Others can say, I just don't have enough contacts. I don't know who I'm going to talk to. 
these are some of the biggest obstacles, Herschel. That is so good. Thank you. So my next question for you is asking for support biblical, and can you give any examples from scripture? Well, good, uh, Herschel, yes. Um, we see several examples in scripture on how God has provided for people that he's called into ministry. Think of Jesus and the disciples. They lived on support and gifts from others, including a group of women who traveled and gave generously. The Apostle Paul received gifts from churches and others. The prophet Elijah in the Old Testament, God made provision in a variety of ways, including a widow. But Herschel, let me ask you another question. Is asking for support biblical? What do you think? Yes. Yeah, I, it definitely is. And, and I just look, even in the Old Testament, you can look at Nehemiah when he asked even a non-believer for support as Nehemiah felt the call from God to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. He went before the king saddened. Now, now what he did before that was so key. He prayed hmm. and he fasted and he went to the king. He looked saddened and the king said, why are you sad in my presence? Hmm. Nehemiah took his life in his own hands and put it in God's hands. And he trusted God because the king could have just killed him for looking sad in his presence. Mm -hmm. But instead, God provided in so many ways. He provided everything Nehemiah asked for through the king. Mm -hmm. That's good. I think of a passage from 3 John that says, you will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. For they went out for the sake of the name, meaning Jesus, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support such men or even women so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. Yes, Herschel, there's lots of passages in scripture that show us that um, we're encouraged, encourage others to generously participate in God's work. Yeah, and what's, how can God help us to overcome our fears and these obstacles? Well, good question, Herschel. I think of, you know, the importance of trusting in the Lord and not in our own abilities. Um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So the first thing is trusting. But I think the second thing besides trusting, there has to be some action part on, on ours. Like Peter, he obeyed when Jesus told him to cast his net on the other side of the boat. Or when Jesus called him to come out of the boat and walk on the water. Trust was one thing, but obedience was the second thing. And these are the ways that God helps us to overcome these type fears and obstacles. Yeah, so we need to keep our focus on God, keep our focus on the cross. And what we really know is what we focus on expands. Mm. And that's really good. So part of it is we need to have right perspectives. It's very important to have the right perspective and just know who is our provider. Hmm. Will he provide for me? Why should people give? And why should we invite others? Doug, what are your thoughts on these questions? Okay, well, the first one, who is our provider? Missionaries, medical missionaries can wrongly think that our provider are the wealthy people supporting us. Those are just God's instruments. Ultimately, it's God who provides for us. Secondly, is God faithful? Will he provide for me? You know, or will this just be, a, you know, something that will just mess up my finances for life? God is trustworthy. If he's calling you, he will provide. Well, why should people give? Sometimes you can have a wrong, you know, uh, 
motivation or wrong thought that the only reason you're asking people is is because you're short on support that's not the reason the real reason is it's the gospel so people can hear the good news of jesus christ so people's mm. lives can be uh touched and healed especially through medical missions well why should we invite others well God calls some to go, but he also calls others to pray and to give. He calls all of us to be involved in his great commission. Let's talk about a biblical foundation. Let me read this passage from Matthew 6. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body and what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap or nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are, not, are you not more of value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious? about being um about clothing consider the lilies of the field how they grow they neither toil nor spin yet i tell you even solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these but if god so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven will he not much more clothe you O you of little faith therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Well, here's a couple of points from this passage in Matthew 6, and I don't have time to read some additional passages in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. But the first point as a biblical foundation is that God has infinite resources. God has infinite resources and graciously provides for his followers and his kingdom work. He is the provider. Secondly, second biblical foundation is our part. By prayer, we ask in faith for God's daily provision for our needs and the needs of his kingdom work and ministries. Let me say that again, number two. By prayer, we ask in faith for God's daily provision for our needs and the needs of his kingdom work and ministries. I pray through the Lord's Prayer, which is found earlier in Matthew chapter six, give us this day our daily bread. I pray that each day for God's economic provision, for food, for spiritual strength, for the filling of his Holy Spirit. But that's our part. We ask by prayer and faith for his provision. And then the third point is from this passage and also from 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, is that God invites followers of Jesus to generously give their time, talent, and treasure for his worldwide kingdom work. We should be doing that both locally in our own Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, but each of us should be doing that generously to the ends of the earth. That's God's great commission. We invite others to serve in God's work and to excel in the grace of giving. Let's go to the next slide, Herschel. That's a great transition to and a great segue right into the importance of the right perspective of how we're provided for. And this is called the God Ask Diagram out of the God Ask book by Steve Shadrach. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, what my job is as a ministry worker is I need to go to God and expect provision and just know that he is going to give me my resources and just trust him for that. So when I say expect, I truly mean trust, that he's got it. But along with that, I just can't sit on my couch waiting I need to be willing to invite other people to partner in ministry with me and just look to God and trust him for that. So I have to get out and talk to people. And what we're asking them to do is we're asking them to give and partner with us, but we're asking them to go to God and see where God wants them to invest the resources. 
what's going to happen sometimes when you meet with people is you're going to be told no. And I still remember the first time, a couple of times I was told, was told no by people I thought were going to say yes. And it was really like I got hit by someone. What I have to understand is I had the wrong perspective. That I don't know what their expenses are, whether they're paying college loans, whether they have debt from, some, from something else, or what their situation is. Maybe they're supporting five or 10 missionaries. So I just know that God is going to bring along the people I need to partner with us in ministry. So my job is to trust him, to ask others, and keep going each day. And so we look at some of our resources. What are the best resources, Doug? Well, there's two books. The most common ones that you'll probably hear about, the one on the left, Funding Your Ministry by Scott Morton with The Navigators. Excellent book, an in-depth biblical guide for successfully raising personal support. The book on the right, The God Ask by Steve Shadrach. Um, both of these excellent books. And you see in the center there, uh, the logo for the a group called supportraisingsolutions.org, an organization that Steve Shadrach helped found and uses his book, The God Ask, as the core curriculum. But as we see in the next slide, um, they offer boot camps. They offer two or three day in-person or virtual online training. Uh, to help people put into practice what's in the book. Um, you can see on this schedule that uh, there's some virtual boot camps happening in September and October and November of this year. And then in December, we're going to have one in person right next to SIM at the Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary, and then another one in Northwest Arkansas. Our organization, SIM, is one of the network facilitators we're allowed to use their curriculum, the book, and the boot camp curriculum to train our workers. There's several other mission organizations similar to SIM that do this. Herschel, you've done these boot camps with me. What are some of the favorite things that we've done in these boot camps? I think the role playing is such a key part of it because you get confident in what you're doing when you're told, when you're getting a no or a yes in the boot camp, when you're role playing. It builds your confidence because you get used to asking the questions, what it looks like, how it feels, the presentation, and what the questions are. And we learn what people might say, and you get ready for that. Mm -hmm. It's so encouraging. And one of the other neat things about the website isn't just when it tells you when the next boot camps are, because there's some every month. It's their podcasts that you can listen to that have different questions, and they go over different things that missionaries face all the time, maybe about an end of year ask or something else. So you get to go through those, or you can read the blogs that are written by missionaries. It's fantastic information and a great resource as you're raising support to look to. Yeah, I like it too, Herschel. I like it everything from, you know, the biblical foundation, but even the practical things at the end of the boot camp where they're not just practicing setting up a meeting, but they're making real phone calls for real appointments, and we're helping to launch people into this ministry of raising a prayer and financial support team. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Kershaw, on this next slide. Key questions. Yeah, key questions to ask a mission agency. So one of the things you want to know and you can talk to, we, we want to help you go. So we love SIM, that's who we're a part of, but there's some great agencies out there and you're gonna have the opportunity if you haven't met with them yet to meet with them today and this weekend. So what is the value of going through your agency is a great question to ask someone. Another question is how do you train and coach people to raise support? What is the average time to raise support? What is your organization's philosophy or ethos regarding support raising? And another great question is, how does your organization manage missionary support and ministry funds? A lot of those questions are Doug's because he's been doing this so long. I wanna talk about just really quick, what's the value of going through your agency? So with SIM, I think one of the best things is it's so key is our training. I know when I first went, 
they made sure I was as ready as I possibly could be to go to the mission field, just through their training, through the classes they had me take. And then they made sure I was ready to raise support. One of the other fantastic things about SIM is they've got a great member care team mm -hmm. and they continue to grow that and get better all the time. So that's one of the things you want to look for in an agency. Doug, what are some others? Well, even the financial services in terms of having customized support budgets, we have people on our finance team meet with each worker, figuring out the size of their family, thinking about housing costs, thinking about education costs for children, thinking about the costs of their ministry, uh, both locally, but also the costs of keeping up educationally with their continuing med medical education uh, credits or courses. So we want to build in and have not a budget that's way too high or way too little, but what's ideal for each family. That's one of the things that uh, we really work hard at. One of the other questions that you raised, Herschel, was average time to raise support. Well, for people who aren't prepared well, it's going to take a long time. But for people who spend the effort of studying, being coached and equipped, and then devoting adequate time, singles, Average I've seen is maybe six months, couples can be nine months, families can be 12 months or longer, but it all depends. It's not a race, but at the same time, we don't wanna see people delayed in spending or being ineffective in their time of preparation and building a prayer and financial support team. And let me mention this again, with SIM and also many other mission organizations, it's not just about money. We've set a minimum. We've asked that each single have at least 200 or more people praying. Couples or families, 400 or more people praying because prayer is important. And also, Herschel, you're a regional director. We also want to have a relationship with a church that is going to send them. And that's one of the things that you specialize in, Herschel. Yeah, so having a church is key. It's, it's great to have them praying alongside you, linking shields with you as you go, because there's going to be spiritual warfare. I know we never really think about that. And that's why our ultimate goal, when we send people, we want to make sure they're spiritually healthy. And part of that is truly having the church walking alongside you through this. It's key. So get your church involved in praying for you and praying with you as you look for an organization or maybe you look for a country to go with. And you want to be, we want to send spiritually healthy, vision-driven, fully funded workers that have full and engaged prayer teams and a faithful sending church that's standing behind you and engaged with you. Those are key things we want to make sure. How do we do it? As an organization, we have an online course with three-day support raising boot camp. We have coaching accountability. We have a pre-field, a pre-course training that you have to complete. And Erin Bergen, who you saw in the very beginning, she is the backbone of getting that done. And she is so good at helping people learn and interact with this. And she's really good at a couple of the other things we're gonna talk about soon, but we make sure you're trained and ready to go. So Doug, what do we learn at boot camp? Well, Biblical basis for support raising, overcoming hindrances and obstacles, developing contact lists, how to be vision driven, not just going with what's the cheapest amount possible, how to get appointments, having a strategy and a plan, talking about communications, prayer letters, blogs, prayer cards, having an effective presentation or the term we now use a support conversation and even having a 30 day plan so that you're putting into practice immediately after the boot camp and going out and starting on this ministry of building a prayer and financial support team. MailChimp, another tool that a lot of missionaries use. It's a free email listserv app. We give some training, helping you to use this tool to have well-designed prayer letters, uh, to communicate well, and to be able to evaluate how people are responding with your prayer letters.
And one of the other things we use is a, a contact management system. It's good to have that and it helps you stay on a path and follow up with your people and know who they are. So there's different ones and these are just two of them. Donor Elf, I used to use Donor Elf when we first started and that's about $10 a month. I have learned to love MPDX and they have a great, um, a great app on your phone and it works with my computer. It all interacts well together. So I love MPDX and it just helps you stay connected with your supporters to know who's giving, when you last contacted them. I mean, you have to take notes, but it is a fantastic system to use. Well, one of the key questions for all of you that are listening on this Zoom presentation as part of the Global Health Missions Conference, how is God asking you? How is God asking you, leading you to join him in global missions? Is he asking you to pray? Is he asking you to financially invest? Is he asking you to go? Like what happened in the Old Testament times with Isaiah, when the Lord said, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord and he said, here am I, send me. Are you flexible? Are you willing to do it? The reason why we're talking about this, let's look at the next slide. It's because People are living and dying without the gospel. We're convinced that no one should live and die without hearing God's good news. We believe that he has called us to make disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ in communities where he's least known. It's, it's amazing how God can use medical workers to, to do this because not only are you healing people, physically you get to share the good news of christ with them and i saw so many so many times when doctors led people to christ as they healed them and it's a beautiful thing to see so the first people we met that invited us to go to the mission field were doctors i think the first six people we met were all doctors and god is using doctors to change the world and to make differences in people's lives and eternities if you have questions, feel free to go to our website, simusa.org. And there's our email addresses if you want to snap a picture of this. Uh, it's both our names at herschel.rothschild at sim.org or doug.christensen at sim.org. So it's just first name, dot last name. But we would love to help you and answer any questions. And in a minute, you will hopefully get to interact with at least me live and we will talk some more. So I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful that you're taking this time to learn about support raising and thank you so much for your time. Doug, you want to say a prayer as we say thank you? Sure. Father, we thank you for this short session, thinking about fundraising, thinking about the role of people to pray to people to give, to invest, to encourage, that your gospel could go forward, that people's lives could be saved spiritually, physically, from illness, from accident. Lord, I pray that you'd bless each medical worker listening on this call, that they would know what it is that you're asking them to do. And Lord, to not fear. You've said that over and over again, to fear not, but to trust and to follow. So I pray that that would be true for each one on this call. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So now we're going to go to questions. Hey, we're so grateful for this time. Thank you so, so much.